0: Greetings. How's it going? Episode four, the NASPO Pulse. This is the podcast where we're monitoring issues in state procurement. We've got our finger on the pulse. I'm your host, Kevin Miner, and I am happy to be here. How are we doing, folks? COVID-19 still ravaging the entire globe. Email me, podcast at naspo.org. I want to hear your stories so we can share them with the rest of the community. Hey, let me ask you a question. When you go to the doctor, do you think it's important for him or her to be up to date on their certifications, their credentials? Yeah, me too. Certifications are extremely important in any profession. That's why today we're talking with the current chair, the board of directors, and the executive director of the Universal Public Procurement Certification Council. That's UPPCC. We're going to talk about the functions of the council, the importance of certification, and their 2020 job analysis efforts. So sit back, relax, and let us take the pulse. Kathleen and Anne, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks. Thanks to NASBL for providing us with the opportunity to talk about our UPPCC certifications.
0: Absolutely. We really appreciate you giving us some, some of your time today. Kathleen Moretti is the current chair of the UPPCC Board of Directors, and Ann Peshoff is the executive director for the UPPCC. Did I get that right, Ann? Yes. <laughs> the UPPCC stands for Universal Public Procurement Certification Council. It was an independent entity until 1978. Eight. So why is that, and how has it evolved since then?
2: Great question. UPPCC was established as an independent certifying body um, for good reason, and that is because UPPCC's main goal or purpose for existing is to offer professional certification um, in the way of the O, the CPPO, and the CPPB, mm-hmm. um, and The strength of it being established as an independent body is that it allows us to take an objective look at what knowledge, skills, and abilities um, are important to have to be successful in the professional role of CPPO and CPPB.
0: What is the difference between a CPPO and a CPPB, and which one do I need for what job?
2: So the CPPO is the Certified Public Procurement Officer, and is of course, designed for those in upper-level management um, positions within public procurement or that have responsibility for supervising um, a staff of buyers, Um, whereas the CPPB certification is designed specifically for the buyers, the, the ones they actually... Purchasing, um, mm-hmm. they can either be in a managerial um, or non-managerial function. The um, real difference is that they're not post questions on the exam as if they are managing or supervising.
0: So can I get both, though, if I want? Yes. Or?
2: Yes. And there's yeah. no specific order in which you um, can earn them. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually people will start with their CPPB and as they move up in their profession will ultimately um, choose to to earn the CPPO, but we've also seen individuals that earn the CPPO and go back and earn the CPPB so they can relate better to their staff of buyers.
1: I, I hold bo- both certific- certifications and maintain both. I think they're both important. They both look at different uh, aspects and I will always maintain both.
0: So let's talk about the functions of the council. There's quite a few, but some of the main ones are to establish, monitor, and revise requirements for certification. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, that first function is uh, encompasses... Pretty much um, the bulk of what we do at UPPCC. We um, establish the standards, the um, skills, knowledge, and ability needed um, to become certified. Um, Encompassed in that is the eligibility requirements um, and the requirements that you need to uh, routinely recertify your certification. Um, And UPPCC doesn't stop there. We have to continuously monitor those requirements and make adjustments as needed, as we're hearing from the profession and as the board determines is necessary.
0: So I hear a lot from what you guys are saying about accessibility and relevancy being very important parts of certification game. Is that right? Am I picking up what you guys are putting down?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, procurement, public procurement, we're trusted stewards of taxpayer dollars. So we're held to a different level of uh, excellence. We have to have the strictest level of care and judiciousness in conducting government business. If it changes so rapidly, uh, what is what is expected and then what becomes just normal business, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, ten years ago, we didn't we didn't have uh, online procurement? Now it's just a normal thing. Whereas before, right. that was the big thing that we were teaching on, now we're teaching about social procurement and ethical and green and sustainable, which is things that we never yeah. even thought of ten years ago. So,
0: right.
1: and we have to be at the top of the game, and we have to be able to uh, cert- We have to be able to put that into our certification. And make sure that there is um, competency, uh, establishing what is, this, what is the standard competency that's required for the, at the O level and the B level for all these emerging uh, new, new tra- we'll call them trends, but emerging new accountabilities that uh, professionals are going to have to be capable of adapting.
0: So you guys really have to adapt. I mean, you've seen, like you said, from 10 years ago to now you've added so many different topics to the repertoire, and I can only imagine in another 10 years, that will be twice, three times as many. So how do you guys stay relevant through the research?
2: Yes, that's, that's one of the reasons why, uh, why the job analysis process is so very important mm. to what we do. We routinely go out to the profession, And um, have them tell us what um, skills, knowledge, and abilities are important to their everyday job in public procurement. Um, And we take that information back and use it to update our certification exams. That way, the profession and the certification exams continue to um, maintain alignment. We're
1: currently in the process of a job task analysis, which started back in November of 2019, and this is my first time going through the entire process. And it is incredibly robust—the uh, the level that is gone to to ensure that we have credible evidence that it is um, uh, tested and retested. And Anne was talking about the things that you're required to do in your you know daily tasks making sure that all those elements are in there but then also it's on what's the frequency of how often you do it because if you only do it once a year and it's really important or do you do it once a year and it's not very important so there's so many things that go into it and right now we're out with our uh, job task analysis survey which we uh, that's kind of like the final test of what we have put together so far and that is looking for all professionals whether they are Uh, certified or not takes about uh, about half an hour. And that is the final test on um, have everything that we've captured so far. Is it correct? And then we're looking for how important and how frequent they do it. So that is the that's most important part of the job task analysis is the response to this particular survey. And that's what's out there right now. And I think it closes on May
0: 1st. So how's the response rate looking for that so far? Do you have any data you can share with us?
1: Actually, I'll tell you, we can't respond to that. I think one of the things, Kevin, that's really important, and I just thought about it when you asked that question, is what we really want to encourage. There isn't a number that's too high for us. The more, the better. Um, absolutely. We're, at, we're actually about halfway there with the numbers that we absolutely need to have. We don't, we don't give any of that statistics out because that becomes the basis for the, like the foundation for it. And it's only yeah. if we say it, then it becomes public, and then we have to share it. We can't. <laughs>
2: the the information that we're collecting via this job analysis process um, is relevant not only to UPPCC but the profession itself because we're asking additional questions about, as Kathleen said before, um, emerging trends um, which we'll ultimately share with our education partners so that they could um, start developing content around these emerging trends. They may not rise to the level of importance or frequency um, in the the current job being performed, but um, most likely they will be the next time we do a job analysis study. So um, we like to capture all of that emerging um, information and share it with educational partners and um, monitor whether that appears um, on our uh, next iteration of the job analysis.
1: Yeah, and I, I'd added that it, it's you know it's incredibly important that we have active partners like NASPO who are, who are going to look at what we're what we're trying to define for certification and be aligned and and work together uh, to create education and training in support of the profession. Uh, UPPCC supports the profession, uh, and that's that's our goal is to promote the value of certification. Identify the standards and develop certifications uh, that are that are uh, important and are relevant and are the gold standard. We need a lot of partners uh, to support us in that endeavor, and that's why it is very UPPCC just looks after certification because just doing that is an incredibly uh, big uh, task, and uh, mm-hmm. you need a lot of partners to be successful.
0: Yeah, well, and it is, it's a huge responsibility. That brings me to my next question. What is the importance of certification and how does it help in one's career?
2: I think it demonstrates um, a commitment to professional development and excellence um, for the individual. Having those initials after your name um, is is important um, for other uh, colleagues to see that commitment. and not only a one-time commitment, it's an ongoing commitment to maintain it. It's also a, a benefit to the agency um, that their staff is um, has been tested and certified against these standards of competency.
1: Yeah, I think there's a huge sense of responsibility uh to give back to the your community or your state or your agency. And uh, procurement professionals, I think, have a huge amount of pride in what they do, yeah, how they do it. And that's very, very important.
0: So let's talk just a little bit about the exam that you have to take to get your O or your B. And I know that I believe there's testing coming up In May, how has COVID-19, has that presented any challenges for you guys?
2: Well, absolutely. And as you might expect, (laughs) UPPCC partners with Prometric, um, and we test our candidates on computer through their professional network of testing centers throughout the world. Um, But as a result of COVID-19, all testing centers... Through Prometric um, have been shut down and um, right. uh,
0: can't go into a definitely. testing facility.
2: Yes, so mm. our May testing window um, most certainly will be impacted. So we started early in, um, you know, reviewing alternative solutions to testing in an actual center. And we're offering to candidates that were registered to take the May exams at a center now can opt to test in their home or office um, through a new offering from Prometric called ProProctor. And it basically allows them to use their own equipment, their personal computer, their work computer, they download an application, find a quiet, secure room to test in. And um, the exam is administered, still proctored um, by a live um, uh, professional proctor, but um, not physically with them, but monitoring them through webcam. So that's something that's um, brand new, um, well-received by our candidates, and uh, we expect to be up and running with scheduling those exams within the week and if all goes well, um, we will uh, consider having it as a permanent um, opportunity oh, really? for our candidates.
0: Interesting. Does that swift change concern you at all?
1: I I, I, I had asked that when we first when it first was uh, proposed, and Prometric has been doing it. For years, this isn't new for UPPCC. It is not new for Prometric,
0: and well, Prometric,
1: good. Prometric is a leader worldwide in what they do. Uh, so I have I have no concerns at all. I think it's very very exciting because we have uh, we have applicants that have to you know travel and again expend funds to get to where they can get to. A- a test center in some cases. I mean, there are uh, test centers all over, but sometimes it's just not somewhere where our applicant is. So the opportunity that we're going to have going forward to provide this proctor testing when that's uh, what is more convenient for the applicant is actually just adds another uh, element of of, uh, flexibility uh, for certification without losing any of the integrity of the exams.
0: So let's talk about Earning contact hours and keeping your certification real quick. That's one thing that we haven't really touched on as much. It's equally as important as getting the certification is to maintain it. So, and I know we've covered it a little bit, but if you could just speak to the importance of maintaining the certification once you get it, how you can earn contact hours. You may
1: be surprised at what does, uh, um, what is allowed to be used for eligibility and one of the things in the pro- professional procurement community is the networking aspect is probably one of the um, most important things uh, in in a being a professional procurement because if you don't have a network you can't be the best at everything and having your network to bounce things off of or get ideas is really important so so that absolutely Specific certifications, I'll uh, pass over to Anne to respond to.
2: UPPCC um, recognizes all sorts of training from all sorts of, of providers. Um, there's not a specific set of providers that you required to take any training or professional development from. As long as you can relate it back to um, the current content outline for the exams, which right now is our two body of knowledge documents. And we do that because um, whatever professional development that you take, it needs to be relevant to what you're going to be tested on or the profession that you're serving. So, um, all of those things where there's an instructor providing training, a moderator, facilitator, some type of individual delivering delivering the the training or educational activity would earn you credit. And um, you would earn credit at one contact hour is representative of one clock out. So if you spend an hour um, in a workshop, it's an hour, a one contact hour. And that would be the same for initial certification as it is for recertification. And um, recertification is that element that makes certification different than just a certificate program. Certificate program is just verifying that you learned something, the education that was delivered to you at that moment. Mm -hmm. There's no additional requirement to maintain it through ongoing professional development. Certification, on the other hand, does have that requirement. You have a credential that you um, display after your name and your signature on your resume. Um, There's uh, um, an element of maintaining that that has to be met. If you don't um, maintain it, then you can potentially lose it. So the maintenance requirements are um, ensuring that you take a certain number of contact hours over a period of time. Um, so for our certifications, both the, C, the CPPO and the B, there um, are 45 contact hours that are required over a five-year period. So Forty-five Yes.
0: over five years?
2: Yes. So that's really not not um, a huge commitment. And uh, you can earn those hours um, pretty much anywhere, taking NASCO courses online. um, So
0: really quick before we go, I know that the 2020 job analysis survey is open right now. Is there one last thing that you guys want to say about that to our listeners?
2: Certainly. We'd like to encourage everyone to complete the 2020 job analysis survey it's so important, not just for UPPCC in our certifications, but the profession as a whole. Um, it's important to have all the feedback from not only those that hold CPPO and CPPB certifications, but from those that don't hold any certifications at all. And if you're interested in pursuing certification or are already certified, um, you can take 30 minutes of your time to complete um, the job analysis survey and earn one contact hour towards um, applying for certification or towards your recertification.
1: And, and I, I'd add to that is that the way to uh, spread the net and broaden the audience is we're asking everyone to share that within your own network. Everybody has different okay. leads that they know even, you know, if there's 10 people in your agency, we want to hear from 10 people in your agency. Hmm. So it is a, a shareable survey. And uh, the more the, the more responses that we can get, the better our information is going to be. And it serves your profession.
0: Ladies, it was an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: So what about you? Do you think certification is important? Do you value it in your agency? Is it for the personal satisfaction or is it a requirement? Perhaps it's both. Personally, I think it's very important. Like Kathleen said, public procurement, you are a trusted stewards of the taxpayer dollar. You really are held to a different level of excellence. Basically, you have to do everything right all the time. You only have to do one thing wrong once. It's a powerful thought. What certifications do you hold and how do they help you in your career? Let me know. Email me podcast at naspo.org. Let's discuss. Also, make sure that you complete that 2020 UPPCC job analysis survey. We'll put a link to that in the bio. It closes soon you already finished the survey, consider sharing it and encouraging others in the role of public procurement to participate. It's extremely important. You know what else is important? Checking out the blog on pulse.naspo.org. Read those articles and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your fresh listenings. I'm Kevin Miner. Until next time.